start off the show, we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. Round one, we've had some pretty exciting games so far. You had the one-point thriller Boston pulled out over Brooklyn when Jason Tatum hit the last second shot to pull them out 117 to 116. You've had the Mavs and Jazz who were tied. Both have been close games. You have Phoenix and New Orleans who are now tied in the series after Phoenix's loss tonight. Memphis is tied with Minnesota in the series after Memphis won tonight. In turn, we've been getting some pretty close games in these playoffs, but we've had some blowouts as well. You had the Game 1 Miami and Atlanta where Trey Young shot like his worst, worst game of his career. And he came back tonight when they lost by 10 with 25 points. But you also had Jimmy Butler. He had 45 points in the highest scoring game of his playoff career. He was going absolute nuts tonight. Um, You had Strews with 14 points. Then you have Hero with 15 points off the bench. And that's really all from the Miami side. You had Adebayo had some stats that game. Nothing noteworthy. But Trey Young on the Atlanta side had 25, 7, and 6. Collins had 13 points and 10 rebounds. But it just wasn't enough to pull it off in Miami. And now Atlanta's going home with a 2-0 lead for Miami. And that's just not looking good for him. On to the next game, we had Minnesota and Memphis. Memphis pulled it off 124-96. to Morant went off with 23-10-9. And I've seen him go out mid-third quarter, and they just said it was just... He came back and he played. They said it's nothing to worry about. Just going to be sore. Um, But in that turn, while he was off, you had three players off the bench that scored at least 10-plus points. Then you had Desmond Bain doing Desmond Bain things, 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. And Jackson Jr. had 16 points, 7 rebounds. Um, On the Minnesota side, D'Lo didn't show up tonight. Cat had 5 personal fouls within the end of the third quarter he had 15 points 11 rebounds anthony edwards he had 20 points but nothing really coming from the minnesota side tonight the energy in memphis tonight was going crazy just from what i've been watching memphis is actually probably my favorite team coming out of the west behind a phoenix just because of what they can do with and without Morant. Then for the late game, you had New Orleans pulling out the upset on Phoenix. You had them winning 125-114 to 114 to even out the series going into New Orleans. Huge confidence booster for them, for sure. You had B.I. going off for 37 points, 9 assists and 11 rebounds. Valanchunas had 10 points and 13 rebounds. McCollum had 23 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. Played way better, way better than game 1. And on Phoenix's side, you had D-Book scoring 31 points in the first half, and that's all he scored. From what I've seen, he's 
went out with a hamstring injury, and he is not sure if he's going to play next game or not. They'll know more tomorrow. Then you had McCall Bridges going off for 19 points and six rebounds. So far going into the playoffs in the first round, watching what I've watched, my favorite teams so far are Phoenix and Memphis out the west and Brooklyn and Boston out the east. I really think that Brooklyn-Boston series, whoever the winner is, is going to win it all. In my mind, at least for the east side, um, you had Brooklyn. They've been the favorites to go to the finals ever since they got KD and Kyrie. And then Harden ramped that up last year. But in turn, I think they won the Harden-Ben Simmons trade as well because they got Seth Curry, who's a solid piece. And when Ben Simmons comes back and he's fully healthy, he's not going to have to score like he was in Philly or like they were asking him to. They're just going to need him to pass the ball to the scorers. And I feel like that's going to be the perfect place for Ben Simmons at this moment in his career. Um, outside of Boston, I see Brooklyn as the most complete team in the East. And Boston ain't even that without Robert Williams right now when you don't even know when he's going to be back. But, I mean, on the Boston side, you have Jason Tatum. He's a monster. And I have two players out of the younger guys who are my my top two or three, and that's Jason Tatum and John Morant, and they're in the playoffs right now. But then you have Marcus Smart on Boston, Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart is gritty. He is a hustle at every ball, try to get every rebound, try to get every steal. He's just a gritty, gritty player, and I love that about him. Over on the west side, though, it's not as iffy, on my opinion, as the east. Where east, you have all 10 teams that are divided by 10 games, I think the stat was. But, I mean, in the west, you got my three top top clear favorites. You got Phoenix, Memphis, and then Golden State. In Phoenix, you got CP3, who is always going to be CP3. He's going to make everybody around him better on the floor. He is always aware on the floor. Like, if you can get a CP3 on your team, you want a CP3 on your team 100% of the time. D-Booker is just unstoppable, and we've seen that in the first half tonight before he got injured. McCall Bridges is the, easily the best 3 and D wing in the league, in my eyes. And Aiton protects the paint and the rim just as well as any other big in the league can do it. They're just a very, very deep team in my eyes and very, very scary team for this playoffs. And then you got Memphis that has the same luxury because you have John Morant, who is, my eyes, the best young player in the league. And then... You have their team, who is the second in the West, but they also had a 20-5 and record without Morant. And Morant makes Memphis better, but Memphis is just as good without Morant. Which, that makes them very, very, very scary. 
my honorable mentions in the East, I would have to say in Milwaukee because they're the defending champs. You got Giannis. Then you got Miami, whose defense, as I mentioned earlier, is just dreadful. And I love defensive teams, especially in the NBA. So I really think that we have a fun, fun playoffs ahead of us. And I can't see what transpires throughout these series. News around the leagues. Denzel Ward becomes the highest paid cornerback in league history with a five-year, $100.5 million extension. Ward's stats were 34 tackles, three interceptions this past season, and 10 total in his four-year career. Watching him throughout Ohio State and then, obviously, as a Cleveland Brown being a Bengals fan, I'm fully happy that he got this extension. They may have overpaid a little bit, may have not. It's going to come to see within the next five years, obviously. But other news in Cleveland, you had Deshaun Watson showing up at voluntary workouts today, but Baker stays away. I think this is going to be bubbling up to be a very saucy thing in Cleveland. Um, I think Baker is good enough to go somewhere and play, be a starter. Of course, he is. He's carried Cleveland out of the hole that they've been in. That the same hole Cincinnati's been in for the past few years that Cincinnati's digging themselves out of. But do I think he's better than Deshaun Watson? No. Now, do we have to see what happens with Deshaun Watson? Yes. Um, on to Carolina, their offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, already naming Sam Darnold their starting QB for next season. That's kind of huge because last year you didn't know who was going to be, when they were going to be, how they were going to be. It was just a week-by-week thing. They signed Cam Newton last year. He played one or two games. Sam Darnold started out. They were doing great. Um, Other than that, I don't think Darnold is going to be a threat to any team as a quarterback. But I don't think he would detrimentally hurt another team as well. I see him as a bridge quarterback. He's going to be a bridge quarterback for the next few years in the NFL in my eyes. And on to Major League Baseball. You have the pitch clock that they're doing in minor leagues this year. Um, it's actually knocking 20 minutes off a game average. Um, in 2021, the average game time was 2 hours and 59 minutes. This year, it's 2 hours and 39 minutes. And over one-third has ended less than two and a half hours. Two games have ended at two hours. One was at an hour and 59 minutes. I considered that two hours. 27% of the games have ended between two and a half to two hour and 40 40 minutes. 15% has exceeded three hours compared to the 52% of games last season. So I think that's going to be huge for the game of baseball to make it go by quicker because I don't really think there's much you could do to the game of baseball to make it more exciting for the younger 
because baseball is baseball. It's it's going to be hard to change how baseball is. Um, you have Ronald Acuna Jr. starting rehab in AAA today. He went one and three with a double. He uh, is rehabbing from that torn ACL from last year. It's going to be huge to get them him back. Um, Dave Stewart, former MLB player, is preparing to bid to expand an MLB team to Nashville. My eyes on this is they're already having troubles funding all the teams throughout the MLB, so why are you going to expand for another MLB team? I feel like just sense-wise, it would be easier and smarter to just take a team that ain't thriving in that market that they're in and move them and build that expansion team there. But, I mean, we got to see what transpires out of that news. Um, NBA news, Ben Simmons, he's uh, he's been cleared for full, full contact. Um, to my eyes, that makes Brooklyn very scary, depending on how he's improved his game. He's been off all year, so that's just how it, I mean, people are rusty, it happens. He could come off slow and then tear it up throughout the second round and just how it could go. Or he could just be slow throughout the rest of the playoffs. Um, Luka is day-to-day with a left calf strain. He suffered that in the regular season finale on April 10th. Last night, they uh, started Jalen Brunson, and he had a 41-point game for his greatest playoff scoring career. Um, I also seen Zion is cleared for 5-on-5, but he has not played 5-on-5 yet. So we'll have to see if he's even able to come back at all this season. But other than that, that is all the news around the leagues this week. Since this is my first show... I am going to be giving you my predictions, very early predictions for some sports of all the division winners. So we're going to start with the MLB. I pretty much have the division leaders right now as my division winners. I have the Red Sox in the AL East, the White Sox in the AL Central, the Angels in the AL West, I have the Mets in the AL East. NLE, sorry. The Cardinals in the NL Central and the Dodgers in the NL West. Then in the NFL, in the AFC North, I have Cincy. I have to rock with my Bengals again. In the AFC South, I have Indianapolis. It's going to be a close race between them and Tennessee, I feel. In the AFC East, you have Buffalo. I don't see anybody beating Buffalo. I'm surprised Kansas City beat Buffalo in the playoffs last year. And that's why they changed the overtime rules for the playoffs. In the AFC West, I have the Chargers pulling out that. That's going to be the tightest division of the year. All of them, I feel, could go over 500. And one of them, two of them, I can feel be just a dumpster fire. And not look like a dumpster fire on paper. 
In the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers taking it over once again. If anybody's going to make a threat on the Packers this year, I feel like it's going to be Minnesota. Chicago got rid of some decent players in Khalil Mack, and that's going to hurt their defense. Um, in the NFC South, I have Tampa Bay. I don't see anybody competing with them. In the NFC East, I have Dallas. Now, this was the hardest division for me because Dallas got rid of Amari Cooper. And obviously, all the money that we've watched them pay, it's starting to catch up to them, and they didn't win with it. So now they're starting to eat what they shot. So we're just going to have to see. But if I see anybody pulling out over Dallas, it's going to be Philadelphia. Um, and the NFC West, I have the Rams pulling it out again. Um, my top four for the college football playoffs, I got Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Texas A&M. For my final four for college basketball, I have Duke, North Carolina, Purdue, and Kansas. I still feel like even though Coach Kate ain't going to be there, the guy they got coming in for him, he's going to be just as good. Not better, but like he's going to take Duke places. So I'm, I'm excited to see what comes out of his coaching. My games to watch this next week. On April 20th, you got Brooklyn at Boston. Boston a minus three and a half point favorite at seven o'clock on TNT. On the 21st, you got Memphis at Minnesota. Minnesota's a two-point dog. That's at 7.30 on TNT. Then you got the Mavs in Utah, who's a six-point favorite, at 9 on NBA TV on the 21st as well. On April 23rd, you got Boston at Brooklyn. They don't got a spread on that yet, but that's at 7.30 on ESPN. And on the same night, you got Memphis at Minnesota at 10 on ESPN. Those are my two watch games of the first round. I think Miami and Atlanta, they can go trade games, but they're all going to be blowouts. I think Phoenix, even though they lost tonight, they, the rest of it's going to be a wrap. The rest of it's going to be blowouts. I think Book ain't going to be too hurt, and he's going to be able to play. So that's going to help him out a lot. Other than that, I don't got many games to watch as games go along I'll have more and more games to watch and look out for um, and then every week I'm gonna do a, a $10 parlay I'm gonna it's gonna be between five to ten teamers depending on how good I'm feeling about it um, this week's $10 parlay is $10 to win $290 you got the Heat minus two and a half tomorrow. A money line Golden State. Dallas plus six and a half. Minute this minus two and a half. And then I money line Brooklyn for the next game. So we're going to see how that works out. If it hits, it hits. I'm going to start. If it does hit, I got to go to Indiana right now to make the bets from Ohio. So. But once Ohio gets their stuff finalized and I start hitting these bit loot little parlays every week, then I'm going to start doing something for my subscribers and my followers of the podcast. But other than that, that is wrap up for week one. Um, the next show, 
I'm going to shoot for April 27th, the day before the draft. I'm going to do a draft special next week. Um, I'll have it posted by 3 a.m. every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, just bearing my schedule because I'm doing this on the side as a side gig for fun. So I'm hoping you guys enjoyed the first episode of Winter Sports Talk. My name is Seth, and I'll see you next week.